Welcome to Despirituality. I'm back with uh, uh, an exciting set of guests that we had in a previous episode. Uh, Ray Kim, Jay Schmidt, Jason Collette, Nathan Shafenoff has been slickly and wisely guiding us in our production here. Uh, we have a good one for you today. We're going to talk about leadership, but in particular, we're going to talk about team leadership. And the reason we're going to talk about team leadership is I'm not confident that that everyone believes or agrees that the Bible's primary position is that leadership is a team sport. That's mine. My view is that leadership's a team thing. It's not about being leader-centric about one individual, one man, one woman, and that, in fact, it's not even that it's just dangerous, which, it, I, you know, it, you can make an argument it is, but it doesn't work. I, I think it's more about that. And one of the things that's come up before, my, you know, my, my religious background, which isn't, isn't as deep as it could be because most of my early life I was like, didn't like organized religion, didn't like religion, didn't like church, didn't like Christianity, didn't like any of it, thought it was all, you know, unusual. Let's say that's how I felt about it. But as I read the Bible, because I'd never really read it, I changed my view on that and went, oh, the Bible is a little different than what I've seen in real time. Like when I read the Bible, I see something there. I go, wow, I, 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 I can respect that. But I'm, I, I don't know that I've seen that, but I can, re, I can respect that. But prior to that, I, I, you know, I did a lot of things and everything I see, I think there's team leadership. And one of my concerns is in my earliest years, there was always this debate because it was the church of Christ that I came up in, in my, in my college years was there was always debate on who leads the church, the elders, or the evangelists. And that was a big deal. And so that was the primary focus. And I think in some ways the culture became leader centric, meaning Who's in charge? Who's leading? Who has the power? Who has the authority? When really, as I like to say in Silicon Valley, you want to flatten the organization and get a lot of contributions from a lot of people, and you want to have a team-oriented leadership. So I'm just, at the beginning, want to ask you guys, maybe you think differently, and I'm totally comfortable because this is a discussion and a conversation. Is that your view? Is that your perspective? And, and if so, what do you think are the components of that leadership, like when you look at the Bible? I think that it's it's easy as a church, any church anywhere, to model leadership structure on what the world looks like, whether it's a military or a company. It's and, and typically there's a guy or at the top. It always goes back to that one person, right? Um, and I don't believe that was ever the intent of the Bible. Even you know Moses back in in Exodus, he you know he was the guy, and for sure he was awesome, dynamic guy in all of history. But even he, even in before they left Egypt, there were elders to whom he was in Israel to whom he's. And I use that word elders because that's just what the word says in the Bible, whatever that means now. That he was talking <laughs> to that even went before Pharaoh, like there were there was a right. team leadership even amongst captive Israel. They still had a, a, a structure of many people. Moses wasn't even the guy back then. There was, there was that. And so it's, it's easy as a church to sort of, well, we got to look like the world looks. And I don't ever think that was what the Bible wanted us to be. So that's yeah, initial jump in. Well, I think I, I you agree with— You can disagree. You don't have to agree. Well, I, I, growing up, I always thought it always had to be one person leading because that's kind of how it was in my family and my school. Everything was like you have to have one guy who knows everything. But, you know, as, as I got older— there's no way one human being can imbibe all the qualities it takes to build something uh, as a family, a church, even an organization. Um, and one scripture that really compelled me was 1 Corinthians 12. It just talks about the different parts of the church where each part is 
is indispensable. Uh, each part has a, sp- a specific role. And for me, you know, I've I've messed myself up in the past trying to be the the man and trying to be the guy at the top. When I realized like that's not that's not helpful for everybody so else. So you don't think there should be any leader? I think there needs. To, I think it's a team, like you're saying. But I think that each person has so to be clear. So you think the team doesn't have a leader? So I'm going to push back on you guys yeah. just for the sake of making it fun. All right. Um, <clears throat> for instance, and and you know we'll go to the scripture in a minute, but we got to make it fun. So if, if we're all going to agree, it won't be any fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Um, so on a, on a on a football team, the quarterback is the leader. Right. Right. On a basketball team, traditionally the the point guard or the star of the team is the leader. Right. Um. So in any team event, there's always a leader. In soccer, I don't know it well enough, but I assume the center is the leader. Maybe sometimes the goalkeeper, but I'm ignorant of that, so forgive me. Um, it, it, it seems to me there always is a leader. Um, and then anything that goes well, there has to be a leader. I mean, I, can you come up with an, a, a group that is anonymous that has no leader? Because as I was listening to you, Ray, you, you were sounding like you thought, yeah, there can't be one leader. So that would be the, 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 the devil's – what's that thing? Advocate. Devil's, devil's advocate, yeah. No, that's not no, it. No, is that's that the, not it. That isn't done right. I forgot what the <laughs> I forgot the cliche. <laughs> now we got devil. Maybe involved. the devil made me do it. Flip <laughs> Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I just blanked on it. Devil's in a detail. The but but the uh, the argument against it would be where can you come up with biblically or otherwise a time when there wasn't a leader, like a singular leader. <laughs> like, I'm laughing because I don't totally agree with myself, but I'm just I have to put that out there. Well, I think I think it's funny because I don't know that God, in his in his grand design, and I can't speak for God very well, but ever wanted the the king type type guy in Israel, you know, because I think God wanted to be that person somehow. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's it's tough to find because we naturally devolve or evolve one of the two to someone, and I don't think that's I don't think that's bad. I don't think it's wrong at all. Yeah. It just where it can go. And and unfortunately, I got people, Ray, though. I got him. You got yeah. 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 When people think, oh, man. When people think leader, they think, power, they think power and authority. Sure. And people are afraid to have that vested in one person. Yeah. Even our Constitution, we, we have a separation of powers. That's, oh, boy. That's yeah. a, oh, boy. Here we go. That's a legal document. We have a separation of powers. And it says those words. So, Jason. You know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, one of the – in Acts, you know, when you had uh, – when uh, Saul who had become a Christian and then he was going back to uh, Jerusalem and then uh, he had, where he once had tried to take uh, disciples and have them thrown into jail and kill them. And, and they were insecure about this new uh, experience for Saul. And so this guy Barnabas uh, spoke up for him. You know, he came back and said, hey, this guy was really out there sharing the gospel, sharing the word of God to change lives. And so... I look at their relationship in Acts, and it's a pretty uh, inspiring example of, I think, a team where perhaps Saul was the uh, the leader or he was the one that was really changing lives. I think they were all changing lives, but he perhaps was the one really uh, speaking the word. Later, when he goes, when Barnabas is sent to Antioch, uh, you know, he, he goes and then finds Saul in Tarsus to be able to bring him back because I think he valued that team so mm-hmm. much and it needed that leadership sure. in that to be able to work together. So I thought that's an uh, interesting way to so see the different roles that, of a team. So you say, right yeah. okay, yeah. so you're saying that a team has people who play different roles. Yes. yes. And you're oh, saying yeah. that there is a team leader. Yes, exactly. But a team leader is different than the king leader. Yes. Would that be what you're saying? I agree with that. Yes. What I do we think agree. about that? I totally agree with that. 
Because I'm not playing my cards yet. No. I'm just listening. Well, I think I think there needs to be a team leader, but I think that leader also has to be willing to be influenced and, and understand the needs of where the team needs to go. Uh-huh. And um, not like a – I think it's very different from like having a dictator – you know, who just kind of... Oh, wow, you just went straight to dictator. <laughs> you know, I've been accused of that in the past. That's why. <laughs> Obviously, but, by people who've never been under a dictator. But, <laughs> but I do think... Once each, you're under a dictator, you don't call people dictators yeah. so easily. I think each person has to have a very defined role in how they work together. And there's... At the end of the day, it, it, it's, I think leadership, the hardest thing about leading for me is making decisions. And I think one person alone... By themselves can't do it. I think we need influence. We need so. Is this, this is the discussion of leadership? You think an uncomfortable discussion, or do you think I, it's I, me? I don't, I don't. Like you know, in, like, do you think people have difficulty, or do you think most people don't even want to don't don't think about it? It's not really. A, I, I think it's it's there's discomfort when when people think of leadership in terms of authority. And mm-hmm. if you talk about in the church, like well, that person has authority over me or there's some kind of power or whatever, but I, I don't think it should be. I mean, some people are just leaders yeah, and they have a gift. I would say you have a, like you were just born. I was born six feet, six inches. Well, I wasn't born that tall, but I grew up to be. That was rugged. That was rugged. My poor mom. But that, that, that's just, that's raised Korean. I mean, they're just, you're right. just, they're, right. and yeah. you, people just are who they are. Yeah, and I, right. you know, and some people, you can develop those things yeah, for yeah. sure. But, and that's, and there, you, there's nothing wrong. That's awesome. I think yeah. it's incredible to yeah. do that. Uh, I, I look at, the, you know, some spots in the Bible. Paul, I think you you know Acts chapter fourteen. He goes back through Iconium, I think Leicester Derby, mm-hmm. and appoints you know elders. Yeah, if, I don't want to get too far down. No, you're off, good. You're off good. The reservation you're good. Here. No, no, you're you're on, you're, he, you're on it. And it, you know, does it, he never says and make sure one guy is, is in charge. Now, does that mean that those group of however many three, five, seven, eight, ten guys didn't really have one guy that stood out from the yeah. rest? We don't know. Yeah. I, I would assume they did. Yeah. I would assume that's probably how. Humans work together sometimes. One guy always is going to have more charisma, yeah. mm-hmm. more talent, more yeah. vision. But that doesn't mean that the other guys are, are less. But just, that's just kind of how it works. Right. They're a right. gang. I mean, right. they, they, we, you know, right. th- there's one guy that is in charge. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. I think it is difficult to be able to talk about leadership. Uh, I think sometimes it goes back a little bit to a podcast we had earlier about how it can be the uh, – you know, what's the rule? What's the behavior? So I don't have to really engage or work hard at the inspiration of being a leader, you know, or such yeah. like that. So I think it, it talks more about like, what's the level of inspiration that we're really, you know, living out ourselves or, uh, following, you know, or learning from someone else about their inspiration in those ways there too. So I, I think it's also, um, I think in, when it gets down that road, perhaps of, uh, uh, not focus on God sometimes. Sometimes we can be people focused, you know, and think about who's this leader versus considered like, hey, who who has uh, who has God helped to grow spiritually or have these convictions that I need to learn from? And I think there also comes a level of of uh, humility uh, with wanting to learn from others as well. And sometimes I think pride can prevent us from talking about leadership and, hey, I need to learn from this person about how to grow in this conviction. I think sometimes that also creates a difficulty in talking about leadership and in, in expressing a need of, to learn from someone else. Well, you know, one of the things I think is that that most – the average person has hobbies or interests, right? Yeah. Right. 
I don't know that that many people have leadership as an interest. Mm. You know, where they used to yeah. go, oh, I really want to <laughs> think about right. leadership, uh, you know, and I want to study out leadership. Right. And I want to. It's not even a major you can take in school. Right. That's right. Right. right? Yeah. So it's not like it, it, the people who know about leadership either tend to uh, learn it by being trained in some company or organization. Maybe they read history or they, they read business management, which you could argue that business management books are terrible leadership books. Uh, from a holistic point of view, meaning that to, to give a comprehensive understanding of what leadership is, very rarely you will find that in management books, and many of them are 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 centered around what we call analytics. You right. know, like okay, mm-hmm. how do I analyze this? How do I? Yeah. How, that's why data data science is so relevant now. Yeah. Now to get people more interested, if you made it this far, I, I think it's important in in building that we understand what God intended. You know, not what God intended for leadership, but what God intended to make the church grow. To me, that that's the issue. The issue is how to build a healthy church, how do you build a family like God wants. And so the reason eldership's important is, is because like a lot of leadership uh, terminology of, you know, evangelist, minister, pastor, teacher, um, probably missing some. I think we have all these terminologies, but we don't really know how they work. And so what tends to happen, I think, is people go to church and if the leadership thing is working well, everybody's happy. And then when it's not working well, People aren't right, happy, right, right. but there's not often a time where they have a blueprint they can sit down and go, okay, here's how it ought to be. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Kickstart Your Quiet Time newsletter. If you want to begin your day by reading the Bible, but you're unsure of where to start, we've got you covered. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we will deliver a handcrafted quiet time to your inbox to kickstart your mornings with God. Head on over to deepspirituality.net to sign up for our newsletter. That's it. Simple enough. That's deepspirituality.net and sign up for the Kickstart Your Quiet Time newsletter today. Now, back to the show. Let me run. Let me run a few things by you. I'm just, I'm just going to take a few minutes and run some scriptures by you. And they're not, right. they're, not in, they're not the whole context or we'd be here forever. But I just did a little work on this, and I built it around the elder concept, and Jay alluded to it, that it's not like you saw— um, Paul say one elder, you know, you're the guy or whatever like that. Although the question is, what was Paul? That's the, you know, that, that's the, that's the strange 45,000, $45 million <laughs> question. But in, in as early as Exodus three sixteen, it says, um, and it's talking to Moses, go assemble the elders of Israel and say to them. And then in uh, verse 18, then you and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt. And then in chapter 4, in verse 29, it says, Moses and Aaron brought together all of the elders of the Israelites. Uh, and then in Exodus 19, 7, it says, So Moses went back and summoned the elders of the people and set before them all the words the Lord had commanded him to speak. The people also responded together. And then in Exodus 24, 1, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron and Nadab, Abihu, and the 70 and 70 of the elders of Israel, you are to worship at a distance, but Moses alone is to approach the Lord. The others must not come near, and the people may not come up, uh, come up with him. And then in Exodus twenty four thirteen, it says, Then Moses set out with Joshua's aid, and Moses went up on the mountain of God. He said to the elders, Wait here for us until we come back to you. Aaron or her are with you, and anyone involved in the dispute can go to them. So one of the things I find interesting is you see that when God was dealing with Moses, it was the uniqueness of Moses' relationship with God yes, that was right. more significant in his role than it was what he was called. He wasn't even called anything. 
but it was the uniqueness of his relationship with God. In Exodus 33 and 34, I think, you even find him going to the tent of meeting and everybody stands and rides as he goes to the tent of meeting. It was the uniqueness of his relationship with God. And sometimes I think the way we can be worldly is we can think of leaders as who is the person who knows how to organize? Who's the person who knows how to do all that? Instead of where, where is that relationship with God that leaves me having no questions about whether they should lead? Yes, yes. I'm not wondering whether you should lead because your relationship with God is just, it's, it's inspiring, it's attractive, it's, it, it, it gives me security, confidence, and trust. Um, and then, then when Exodus 24, when he talks about he's going to go out with his aide Joshua, he says to the people, uh, the elders, he says, I'm sorry, he says, Aaron or her are with you, and anyone involved in a dispute can go to them. So m- my theory in, in part about elders, it's not really a theory because it's biblically based, is that elders were much more on the ground much more involved in the household functioning, the personal functioning of the group. Yes. That that they led the people's lives. So the way I would look at it is house churches. Right. Mm-hmm. That 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 when you're talking about elder, you're talking about somebody who knows your kids' names, yeah. yep. who knows you, right. who interacts with you, and is more like a parent than anything else. Yeah. And they and some people would choose the term shepherd, which is also biblical. Now, why is all that important? Because I think that you do have to have different components in in leadership. And I'm saying this in part for our younger people out there, that everyone is needed to lead. Everybody's needed. The question is, where do you fit in the leadership? Like, how do I help my church grow by being a leader? Am I a leader by being a friend? Am I a leader by being an inspiration? Am I a leader by being an organizer? How am I a leader? With Moses, it was clear that he wasn't leading alone. Mm -hmm. Right. And that the elders seem to be, and I think if you look at all of the Old Testament, and I'd be interested what you think with, with the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the elders are the people closest to the people. That's right. They're mm-hmm. the ones, and it talks about um, in, um, in Numbers 11. So Moses went out and told the people what the Lord had said. He brought together 70 of their elders and had them stand around the tent. Mm. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke with him, and he took some of the power of the Spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. And I don't think the 70 elders was all the elders there were. But right. there was this group of 70 elders for whatever reason that was big enough to help them guide the group, but not so big that they couldn't have some kind of a, of, of a connection and, and communication. When the Spirit rested on them, they prophesied but did not do so again. However, two men whose names were Eldad and Medad had remained in the camp. They were listed among the elders but did not go out to the tent, yet the Spirit also rested on them, and they prophesied in the camp. Now, I read all that to get to verse 28. Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' aide since youth, spoke up and said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. They were being given the same ability that Moses had been given. But Moses, in verse 29, but Moses replied, are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would have spirit on them. To me, I think that a big part of having an extraordinary uh, act of God in any time period of intergeneration is do all kinds of people allow God to move in their lives in that transformative way that if God is moving, they will be unified, yes. but they'll all play different roles. Right. And when I look at the Old Testament, I see, and I don't know how much you guys have thought about it, I see elders as the people who are most close to the people, mm-hmm. who, who, who are most uh, uh, connected to the people. And so when I think about the book of Ephesians and he says that, that the church is held together by the ligaments and sinews, yes. part of me thinks a lot of that is elders, but not just people that are appointed elders, because I think the elder thing is turning into a position. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's character. It's the kind of person. Because we get yes. into sometimes that, well, an elder has to have all their kids being Christians. 
I think that that is a little bit overemphasized since it's only one of about yeah. 20 different characteristics yes. that an elder has. And suddenly you're like, oh, this guy's kid didn't become a Christian at 15, so we can just dump him on the side. Well, right. what if his kid becomes a Christian at 35? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that that really can be the thing. Mm-hmm. But I do think you need this group of people who say, I love the 12, the 20, the whatever I'm around, and I'm willing to be part of a group that says I'm going to keep them all cohesive, close, and us all moving in the same direction. I said a lot, but I want to hear what you guys think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think with when I read some of those similar scriptures, but I think that going back to an elder, what what I learned from even uh, Deuteronomy nineteen and twenty one about there were town elders, meaning like they they knew the families, they knew the immediate local families now are connected to them, related to them, right? And you know, I don't see it more as a position. I I think about um, I could use an example. This it's not necessarily biblical, but it's an example from my own family. Yeah. Um, my grandmother and my grandparents, they were more the ones that kind of was the glue for our whole family. We have a huge family. Right. But they knew all the intricacies of our life, especially my grandmother did. Um, and she wasn't the quote-unquote leader, but I think she had the role of everybody Everybody knew at the end of the day, we all better get our, get our acts together to really build this family. Yes. And I think as a house church, or uh, house church leader, I think there needs to be that person who understands how people grew up, what's going on in their lives, the, the relationship dynamics. And that is like on, being on the ground, being in relationship, and also knowing the history of people. So you're saying it's essential in any kind of a spiritual organization, a church, whatever it may be, that there be a sense of family. And that you think elders bring a sense of family. Uh, Jason, what, what's your take? You know, what I um, take when I, in Acts, one thing that always moved me, uh, Russ, was in Acts 20 when. Paul's going back to Jerusalem. He's been traveling around, and, he, and there's a moment where he just uh, sends for some the elders uh, there in Ephesus, and they come out, and they are right. like they're crying to, and they're saying, uh, "He said you're not going to see me anymore." And it, it actually says about how they had to be torn away because of their relationship, because he told them, you know, how much, uh, you know, he they know all about the way he lived his life, and I believe from that passage, considering what you were sharing earlier is that I think that they were inspired by his relationship with them, that I believe passed that on to their uh, relationship with the with the uh, house church or the, the number of Christians in their life. And right. I think it's a powerful, uh, you know, when you talked about it's a, it's a relationship, it's not a position. And I think that that's demonstrated in, in that passage. But I believe also personally seeing it in our life, uh, you know, recently – uh, you know, building new relationships by, you know, moving to a new area. And, and it's, uh, and I find it, uh, you know, it takes, it takes um, uh, interest, time spent with each other. You have to listen. You have to ask questions. You have to know about their life. It's not just about so spending a couple minutes. To, are you trying to say that you think you're, you're an elder? I believe that. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> Jay. That look is yeah, the look. There you go. Yes. I, I mean, I I think a couple of things too. You know, number one, the, the word elder is just a rough word. I yes. mean, when you think about the the weight, the baggage that that word older elder. I mean, there's a lot of of connotations that that aren't even comfortable sometimes. Uh, yeah, because, yeah, yeah. You know, you're bringing um, you know, 
sedentary, static, um, <laughs> Elder you know, Schmidt. out the pasture. <laughs> exactly. Like, you're, you're, you know, you didn't make it as this. We'll, we'll put you as an elder. <laughs> yeah. kind of a, it's kind of a, a, a lifetime achievement award. And, yeah. and I think yeah. like, it, it just does. It, it, you couldn't get the Academy Award. We got a nice right, little right. We've got this for you. You didn't win that. So we, and it just it feels, you know, that. and I'm not saying that every church believes that, but that in general feels like that. And I think, secondly, that there's no independent office of elder has a reality unto itself. Like it doesn't, there's just an office. We have to appoint an elder because the office of elder must be filled. That doesn't, doesn't work like that. Like work in a church like that at all. So like, you're, it, it, so in your, so you're saying biblically, it doesn't work yeah, like biblically, that. Biblically, biblically there was no independent reality to, to an elder. Like there was no, we have to have elders because we have to have elders. And like, in fact, I think we could, we could say that um, based on what we see in the book of Acts, based on what we see in first, second Timothy, what we see in Titus, that um, the 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 placement of elder was not mandatory, especially in 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 a Gentile situation. Where exactly. They, yeah. No. They that, didn't that's know exactly it. right. Yeah. It was. And for those who are listening, Gentiles mean non-Jews because Jews were where the church was started. So Jews were used to having elders. Right. That's why I quoted the Old Testament. But the Gentiles didn't have elders. Yeah. That was how they thought about it. No, and it not was, at all. And I and I I think it's when you you look at those those hearts of people, they were people who could influence, who could. They were, you know, above reproach. But there's a kind of all these kind of funny little words, but they were people who cared, who could shepherd. Maybe they didn't have the, the gift of, of leadership, but I don't think you have to have a – there's no gift of love. You you love people because you love people, and, and that's, that's a different thing. And that's totally Romans 12, right? Yes. Because yes. Romans 12 talks about the gifts, and if you're out there, I'm going to give you some scriptures to study. We'll throw some stuff out. But if you're out there, I think a big – we're going to segue off this one – a big deal is Romans 12, where it talks about the various gifts we have. Yes. And to me, that's team leadership. And the reason mm. I was kind of messing with you, Jason, a little bit is because I think a lot of people are, are they think there's going to be like a th- the, the clouds are going to come in, the sky is going to grow dark, <laughs> lightning's going to snap, and then they're going to know I'm an elder. When the reality is, it's really what you just described. Now, whether or not the qualification of kid is may be met or not, you have to really put that in perspective. I, I can tell you from my own experience, I had situations dealing with this in the church I work with where one of the guys who was absolutely elder, like his kid wasn't, didn't want to be a Christian. And I was like, okay, number one, we're not going to have everything we do decided by a 16-year-old. Right. We're not going to do that. Yeah. That doesn't make any, I don't no. think that's the intent of the Bible yes. that you just go, okay, well, this 16 year old is not going to do X, Y, or Z, or this 18 year old is not going to do X, right. Y, or Z. Therefore, this person has no role. Right. And that comes down to good team leadership. Yes. So here's my view, right? I think leadership is about team, and I think the team has to have certain components. Now, I don't know how those components will all leak. I do think a team has to have a team leader. Yes. Now, when I look at the Bible and I look at, uh, let's take Paul, who's always trotted out as a leadership model to my knowledge and it's not unlimited but to my knowledge most of paul's strong leadership was over churches he planted so what you're talking about is here's a guy who built a relationship from the ground yeah, up right. and spent a long you know he, he he was a seminal influence on those people's yes. lives a lot of times what we see happen is people are put in as leaders as as an assigned leader hey mm-hmm. you're gonna lead that yeah and so we it becomes positional instead of relational. Yeah. Now I'm not saying you can't do that, but I think one of the important things is, and let's let's kind of round it up by telling people the big part of this talk is to get us to think about what we were kind of dialoguing about 
is an elder is just one component. And there are a lot there, there. You can do whatever you want in your church. But when you look at the Bible, you have to understand that that's exactly what they did in the New Testament. Yeah. They did about whatever they wanted. <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah. in, yep. in some places they went, oh, we're going to do this. Other places they went, we're going to do that. Yeah. And as a result, they had a lot of innovation. Yeah. If you know Roman history, you know that the Romans considered the father the head of the family. Mm-hmm. So you weren't going to have, if a Roman became a Christian, he wasn't going to walk into a church and all of a sudden this elder go, okay, I'm going to tell you that your kid ought to go to the University of Rome. He's going to go, uh, I'll decide where my kid goes. So it depends on, it depended, he got, he, you know, there's a lot of dynamics yes. going on. What do you think are the key components if you're going to have a great church leadership? What do you think are the t- the team the teammates you got to have? What would you say are elder would be one maybe that could be on that team, mm-hmm. right? But what we're really talking about when we say elder, we're talking about someone who cares, yeah, mm-hmm. someone who's who's whose concern is less less with what position do I hold yes. than are the people being taken care of. And if you're out there and you're maybe in your senior years, your empty nester, don't think about do I meet those qualifications. Think about am I willing to lay down my life and love people and care about people and don't worry about that because you've got to have somebody on the on the team who says when things get going fast i don't know if what we're doing right now is going to help people mm-hmm. what would be a couple of other roles or positions can you give me a couple I, of I things i think you have to have someone who loves serving well, I, mean, I mean who's, who's I, who's i'm calling elders sort of a, a a name in the bible what would be the name in the bible that you would pick for that Deacons? Deacon. Yeah. Would you pick a deacon? Yeah. All right. So someone who loves yeah. serving. So when you look, think about a deacon, instead of looking at all the qualifications, because I think there are a lot of people that are 40, 45, 50, 55 that are going, what's my role in the church? Well, caring, elder, serving, deacon. What other people would be on the team? You don't have to have a name for every one of them, but I want to get some of those. Right. I, th- I think I think there's a, some people have to have vision. Not everybody can, can come up with vision. Not everybody can come up with inspiration. And there's got to be people that do that. Someone has to has to pay like show the way. And would you argue that 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 is a more relevant aspect of leadership than than who's in charge? In, in the sense that there's a there's a uh, what am I trying what am I trying to say? Um I think I think I know you're trying to say because yeah, like yeah, that I know it's hard to it's hard to it's hard <laughs> to yeah. verbalize that but right because everybody everybody automatically gravitates towards who's in charge. And and aligns we start to align ourselves in a funny way that's uncomfortable almost, and we start to define okay, you're in charge, and I got to submit to your authority. It it, it becomes weird yeah, almost. It, in in, yeah. in reality, the minute I'm gonna this is what I'm looking for. The minute you have to start talking about who's in charge, you're already defeated. Right, you're already yeah, defeated. That's right. right. So I'll use an example, and 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 this is crazy. If you're listening, you're probably going, "What are these guys doing? Where are they going? We don't know." Let me use <laughs> true, that's yeah. the truest statement yep. that has been made. Yep. I just felt like we had to talk about this yes. yeah. because I think a lot of people are like, I, I might want to be an elder. Where are the elders? Where am I going to be an elder? Do we have to have elders? Wait. And while they're doing that, their church is going into decline because they right. haven't done all the things you got to do to make it work. But I remember being in high school on the basketball team. And you know what we never, ever, ever did? We never sat around and tried to figure out who was the best player. It was obvious. Wow. That's so there right. wasn't a lot of emotion. Yeah, there wasn't yeah. a lot of like, oh, man, I want to be the best player. I mm-hmm. want to be the best player. And and the team didn't fall apart because we said, okay, you know, we know these three, three guys are the best guys on yeah. the team. And when it got to the last two minutes, you knew you were going to give the ball to them. It didn't make you feel bad about yourself because me as a point guard, I was like, hey, that's my job. I like being the guy who dishes the ball off, although I didn't always dish it off. That's why they sat me on the bench. But I like being the guy who dishes the ball off to those guys. And, right. and, and there wasn't this, oh, I'm looking down. My friends, a number of my friends were the best players on the team. They didn't like, oh, I'm going to look down on you because I'm better. I think a team doesn't need anybody to say that's the leader. Right. I don't think a team cares 
because the team goes, we can't do without your vision. We can't do without right. your service. So if you're out there in a church, the first thing you want to ask is, do we have a team? I'm going to add something. Is it diverse? Mm. Does it have more than one color and does it have more than one gender? Yes. You know, more than one gender. Yes. Does it have a variety of genders? Is right. it not all men? Let me yeah. just put it that yeah. way. Yeah. Is, yeah. It, is it not all men? Yeah. Because if it's all men and it's all one color, then you don't have diversity. If it's no. all one origin, you got to have people that are from different backgrounds That's and right. cultures. Yes. So we've done a lot, said a lot, but what's our main takeaway? I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw some things out for you. If you're building a leadership team, you want to, number one, realize at all times there's always a relationship deficit. In any organization, the people you're leading, you're going to have to earn that relationship. Mm -hmm. And so there's always a relationship deficit. As a result, leaders have to be relationship builders. Yeah. And once you learn how to be a relationship builder, then you can become a relationship changer, somebody who in a relationship can change a life. Yeah. And the, the people who learn how to manage a relationship deficit, manage relationship building, manage relationship changing... Those are the relationship leaders. No one can lead anything unless they learn how to lead out of relationship. That's right. And probably the big lesson about elders is study them to learn what does it take to lead out of relationship. I think it's been a good day. Yes, it is. I want to come back to this, this topic again. We got a lot more we could talk about. If you're out there listening, stick with us on this. Leadership, eldership, church in decline from a previous episode. We hope you enjoy it. Go ahead and study those books. First Timothy, Second Timothy. Uh, Titus, Romans 12 in particular, uh, and just get a look at how can I become somebody who can contribute to the team, whether it's in my house church or it's in a, a larger group. Thanks a lot for listening to Spirituality. Have a good one.